Welcome to the table with Darlene tonight. We are so glad that you're here with us. And we have around the table tonight, Christy Hale, which calls herself the boss, executive boss. And we just call her bossy, but she is here at the table. We're glad. And sitting next to her is Tiffany Kramer, which is the play doer Distributor. Distributor. Okay, I've got to get their positions right here tonight. And we are so glad again to have with us, and every session we hope, is Chris Norman, who is our creative director. And we are so thankful for Chris. And then we have a special guest here tonight with us, which is Elias Tyndall. Hello, hello. Yes, hello to you. We are so glad. He is all the way here from Los Angeles, California. Arkansas. Yes, he's been there, too. Um, I was in Arkansas. No longer in Arkansas. Once upon a time. And you, uh, if you'll get on the Internet and you will look, and you will look for Elijah Tindo mm-hmm. or you'll look for Elias Israel, you will find him. Yep. And uh, so it's a privilege and honor to have you tonight. So thank you for coming. Let me just interject this thought, uh, or this fact, actually. If you look up Elias Israel, it's going to be harder to find me, and I'll tell you why. Because my middle name, Israel, was misspelled on my birth certificate. So my middle name is spelled Israel, so I-S-R-E-A-L, where the traditional (laughs) spelling of Israel is I-S-R-A-E-L. And the reason I say that, because when you look up Elias Israel, some guy is getting a lot of my traffic. I can tell you, every time I go, Google just corrects it. It just literally corrects it. Like, oh, you meant this. It doesn't even ask, did you mean? It's like, you meant this. This. And I'm like, no, this is my career. That's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> Yours is better than mine. I'm a lame English singer in the UK that's been around since 1982. All right. <laughs> well, Chris, yeah. we didn't know that about you. Yeah, and he has a mullet. Hey. Oh, well, then he's got like something going yeah. for him. Yeah. Like him already. Good mullet. Oh, oh. oh. it's not the new mullet, not no. the new one. So Tiffany is googling um, Christopher Norman and no, Elias Israel. Chris Norman is Israel. Look. Elias, tell us a little bit about you. We just want to hear from you tonight. Uh, yeah, well, first, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to be here uh, as part of the podcast. I, um, I am 47 years old. I'm the father of a million kids. And, uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Tell us more. Well, once it passes to, then it might as well be a million. That's kind oh, of my theory oh, is yeah. like, you know, it's, but it also does get easier. I found that it gets easier, like from one, remember when you have that first kid, the first kid, it was like, you were all worried. Are they still okay? Mm-hmm. Are they, they're crying a weird way. And they're all, the second kid, you're more like, ah, yeah, they're okay. The third kid, you can, you can hear traffic, crash and stuff like that as long as you hear them crying it's fine it's fine and so you kind of lose track over that um but i am the father of of children i've got uh my 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 natural kids la destiny she's 23 now she's my oldest daughter then there's um there's layla rose she's about to be um at the time we're recording this about to be 14 years old this week and then there's there's evan and he's 16 years old um and then and then i've got my stepchildren that's why i say a million it just keeps on going and there's there's Ashton and there's uh, Morgan and uh, Morgan is actually the same ex- 
exact age as Evan, though though it was uh, two separate families before we came together. The birth date is literally the same day. Oh, that's literally the no. same day. I don't know. Is that is that cool or is that not? Cool? It's weird, is what it is. <laughs> because I've got a tattoo on my neck. I don't. For those listening, I don't believe in tattoos, but I've got a tattoo on my neck that has my son's name on one side and the other side it has his birthday on there. So when me and my wife started dating. She looked at that date, which is Evan's birthday, which is oh. her daughter's birthday, and she was like, whoa, what does that date mean to you? And I was like, well, that's my son's birthday, and he almost died at birth um, because the, I call it the unbiblical cord was wrapped around his neck uh, three times. And so so while, while mom was pushing him out for an hour and a half, the doctor finally figured out that the cord was wrapped. But he happened to, God just placed his hands right around the cords, and wow. so he was just, while, while, she, while it would tighten up, he was actually pulling away on that thing and so that was you know kids have kind of a fear mechanism that they do whenever they get scared there's a certain thing that they do Evan for a long time he would he would kind of grab his neck grab his neck every time he'd get startled or scared Um, so that's why I got the tattoo on my neck one I'm running out of canvas everywhere else but but on my neck because (laughs) because his name Evan also is the root word for evangelist Evan and so that's the root word for evangelist and that's what God really put on our hearts is that um, his name was specifically supposed to be this and I know an evangelist needs their vocal cords. And so I'm not saying he's going to be a preacher or something like that. I am saying, though, his life will, will evangelize through whatever he does. Absolutely. But So anyway, that's why I got that there. And so she looked at that. She was like, what in the world? You have my daughter's <laughs> birthday on, the, you know. I mean, you know, when you that start dating somebody. Yeah. Like oh, yeah, especially She's now. She's like, he's been stalking in, me. Yeah, in he's days really of the trying internet. trying to win me over. Yeah, yeah, you got it. So I, I would tell you, young ladies, listen, if you start dating a guy and he's got, um, he's got a date on his neck that represents your life just run the other way just run run the other way if it's meant to be god will bring them back (laughs) so anyway i'm 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 the father of many children and um, live in Ventura, California. I was born in Dallas, Texas, um, but my family's always been from from uh, Los Angeles, so San Fernando Valley. But then Vietnam happened, and it took my father off. And then when he brought, he came back, um, reunited with my mother, and they had me in Dallas. And then we moved from Dallas to um, to Little Rock, Arkansas. And in Little Rock, Arkansas, I would be there during the school years and during the summer times back in Los Angeles, San Fernando Valley. So culture shock both ways oh, yeah. for a young man. I'm half Mexican. Those who are listening, I'm half Mexican, half white boy. Uh, means I hire myself for a lot of jobs, but I don't pay myself very well. <laughs> and I... I, uh, in that, um, it, it expanded my um, it expanded my understanding. It grew my capacity for understanding different cultures because yeah. I was exposed to two completely different cultures. And how that has helped me in the long run is that I haven't got locked into this belief system that we see a lot of today, where it's like, well, this side or these kind of people are only this or this kind of people. Because it, 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 it's never that. It's never that. People are the same wherever you go. There is good and bad in everyone. But they there's there is uh, this this mindset that people are so different from each other, but really we all live in our fifteen minute pockets of so the true. world. So true. And 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 so that's it helped me understand when I have one group saying, "Oh, well, they're just like that." I'm like, "No, no, no, no. I lived there. I mm-hmm. when you talk about them, I am they." And the same thing goes the other way. Yeah, well, they're only this way, and it's like, "No, that, you you don't get it. You don't understand." Yeah. And so it helped me. And as a comedian, because that's what I do for a livelihood, I, I'm a comedian. And so in that, it helped. 
helped me to be able to understand different cultures, different behaviors of different people, groups, and especially in today's society, I think it's so important for those, um, if you're listening and you're, you're a follower of Christ, it's so important that we approach things in a way where we have a compassion and try to have an empathy toward the people we're not just talking about yeah. in a negative way, but also see them in a positive way of like, oh, I can understand the story. Isn't that what Jesus did? Jesus yes. came from heaven down to earth. If there's anyone who could have judged everyone for being off base, mm-hmm. it could have been him. But he was just like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be in their skin. I'm gonna live among them. And I'm gonna tell stories that they understand. And so, so that's what he did. And so that's, yeah. uh, that's pretty much me over time. I was a youth pastor for 15 years, and then God put on my heart to. Um, to be an influence in the entertainment industry. And he did that through an aggravation at the at the entertainment industry because I was at a youth as a youth pastor in Oklahoma City and I was finding myself very aggravated at what the industry, the, the entertainment industry, the kind of negative uh, things that they were, were putting and an influence they had on my young people. So I was doing this kind of wave my fist in the air and it would come out in my messages and you guys don't need to listen to 50 Cent and blah, blah, blah. And I was complaining and God finally just check my spirit and he was like hey man you need to shut up dude because you're not doing anything to fix or to help what you're complaining about Mm -hmm. and whenever we are in the position where we're just complaining and we're not contributors toward the the right and toward Mm -hmm. bettering something we are disqualified we're not qualified Mm -hmm. to complain about something we're not helped to fix as a matter of fact one of the greatest indicators of things that we are called to help is what aggravates us the most so we can find things that aggravate us the most, and those are indicators of like, oh, that's one of the things I'm called to help fix in that. So that's where I was at. And so from that, I was like, well, God, how am I, how am I going to be an influence to an entertainment industry? I'm a youth pastor in Oklahoma City. And God said, well, what's the basic foundation of what you should do? And that was pray for them. And so me and my daughter at the time, my 23-year-old daughter, she was about 11 at the time. And uh, so I would say, hey, we're going to, on the way to school, we're going to pray for a celebrity a day. And and you pick yeah, one. That's awesome. I'll pick that. Because I knew, well, I can't do everything, but I can do something. That's a mm-hmm. principle that we all need to learn, yeah, too, we all so need good. to adhere to, is that we can't do everything, but we can do something. And so mm-hmm. it's the something that we can do that we're responsible to do. And so I knew that at minimum, I can pray for these people. And so as I started to pray for them, so I I'd ask my da- my daughter, okay, what celebrity do you want to pray for? And she was like, it was back when like Hannah Montana was, you know, mm-hmm. Miley Cyrus was Hannah Montana. Right. And she was like, Hannah Montana. I was like, okay, her name's Miley Cyrus. Let's pray for God. Yes, we just pray for yes. Miley Cyrus. We ask, yeah, Amen. we ask you to give her a good day. Just bless her. Yeah. Help, help her know that you are just in her life, ever present, all that stuff. And then and then uh, we do that. And so the next day she'd be like, well, I want to pray for Donkey from Shrek. I was like, that's Eddie Murphy. His name's Eddie Murphy. So let's pray for Eddie. Murphy. <laughs> and we just speak blessings over them instead of the cursing that yeah. I was. Yeah, uh, speaking so and good. I believe that we I believe that we too often will just we're so ready to release this uh, this thing that Jesus never exemplified of speaking cursing over mm-hmm. people who didn't mm-hmm. agree with him matter of fact it was the ones who didn't agree with him that didn't know anything about God those are the ones he stood up for and so like when I said I am they that's exactly what Jesus did Jesus was like oh no you guys don't understand when you're saying why well, how dare you hang out with them you don't yeah. get it I am them 
that right. they are me. These are all yes. God's children. And so when God looks at us, we see things a lot of times, and I know not us in this room or those listening, but the people who are not listening that mm-hmm. may hear this from other people that are listening, we see things as there's God's people and then there's the other people. And God doesn't see it no, like that. That's, that's not so his true. perspective. It's all his children. Yes. And so what we as parents, like I'm a dad, like I said, as a parent, if I have a child who doesn't know I'm a good father, if I have a sibling that does know, and that sibling is constantly just mean to the other one, and they're keeping them from me and an understanding of me being a good dad, I'm going to be aggravated at that child, for the, the one that is keeping them from an understanding that I am a good father, because these are all my children. And so I think speaking blessings instead of mm-hmm. cursing over the industries and the, the cultures and the things that, that don't necessarily line up with how we believe. So that's how it started. I started in that I would pray for them. I would pray. And then through that, it's amazing what God does. Whenever we start investing in something, um, it, there's this ownership mentality that we have. It's a renters versus ownership mentality. And um, and that, that ownership mentality causes us to be less... Um, less critical toward the thing we're investing in. And so it's rarely, the people who are complainers are rarely the ones who contribute and invest. And that's, you know, that is so true, what, you, what you've what you said. I mean, you have said so much. I mean, not just mm-hmm. a mouthful. You have given us so much thought here as you, you, you're talking because the human nature is uh, readily, always willing to pick out the negative Absolutely. of somebody's life, you yes. know, uh, because everyone else is not doing it right, right in our thoughts. But everyone, God cares for all of us, no matter what Absolutely. color you are, from what culture you come from, and and different things in life should be teaching us lessons. Yes. And you said that so well, you know, that there you saw something. Yeah. And God began to show you what you could do about it. And it was just a small thing. And I believe that God shows us all the time. If we will dare to start looking at ourselves, how we're viewing Mm -hmm. other people in our life. I mean, if we can just start with those little things, all those people that's around us, Mm -hmm. how are we viewing them? What is irritating us, whether it's the church we're going to, whether it's our spouse in our home, Mm -hmm. whether it's those that we come in contact at work. Because, you know, uh, we travel internationally. A lot, and we have uh, do have a lot of meetings overseas. And one thing that I have found, and you said it at the beginning, that was so good. You found that with the two cultures that you were in, by living those lives, being exposed, that you saw that everyone's uh, situations were so close. Well, guess what? No matter where you go in the world, you know, if you go to Tanzania, if you yeah. go to the Republic of Georgia, mm-hmm. Armenia, Ukraine. Azerbaijan, anywhere you go, Myanmar, you know, Philippines, wherever you happen to go, there's this culture of people that have feelings just like we do. Yes. And yet people talk so badly. Right. Make fun of someone maybe from the Philippines, the, the Vietnamese. How, how do we, uh, how is it that we have this mindset right. that all Viet, Vietnamese people do this, or all African Americans, right. or all African uh, from other nations, or all yeah. Mexican, as yeah. you say, or even in our culture today, now all white people right. are all the same. Yeah. And, and how dare we have these mindsets, like you're saying? So God began to deal with you mm-hmm. on this. Yeah. And so 
when did you make this move? When did you decide that you were going it, to? Sure, it was it was during that process that God was depositing. Uh, a, a larger understanding that I am not only called to um, to not complain and to be, but I'm called to be someone who is an influence into their life. And so, my mission statement has always been to be an influence to those who influence the world. And so, in that, I saw two major people groups that influence the world. One culture was the youth culture, and so that's why I always I always make it a point to deal with youth culture. Primarily now, what I do, I used to be a youth pastor, like I said, but primarily now, what I how I do that is in public school assemblies and in um, in juvenile correctional centers. And so, mm-hmm. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of trying to trying to get in there and help adjust their mindsets. And why I say they're one of the major factors of influence in this culture is because. Because they influence people who are not even connected to current relevance in culture. For instance, the most most teenagers right now in their pocket they're holding an eye product, some some right. sort of iPhone, some sort of, and they don't have the money to to afford those things. They're affecting their influence affects a generation up. Even beyond that, even great grandma, great grandma, those generational uh, influence is happening through the lives of teenagers. Why? Because the teenager is the one that is important in the thing. And so, if they need this iPhone, if mm. they need that, we know no one really actually needs it. But that we, their influence is so heavy on us that we're the ones who contribute. Other generations are contributors toward that because they're a major influence in our world who the influence is over them, the umbrella over them, primarily is the entertainment industry. And so I was already doing something to reach this people group, the influencers that influence the world, Mm -hmm. but I was not successfully reaching the other, the next level. And so the question was, when did it take place? How did it take place? The birthing of it was, as I described, it was it was a birthing that came through, I'm aggravated at this, and so God wanted me to be, be very cautious about the way that I moved forward and realize that it's the aggravation that I have is really not toward these people. It's toward me not doing something to contribute to helping this issue. I'm not an influence in their life, and I'm aggravated. The core of it, I'm aggravated because my voice is not big enough to be an influence in their life, and I always want to be an influence in people's lives. And so then uh, he, what he started to do was develop this uh, understanding that Though I was always a speaker, I was a communicator in radio. I started out in radio when I was 17 years old, so I was always making my livelihood off of communication, but then that turned into youth pastoring for 15 years, and then he, he started to show me how, what, is, what is the connection between you being a speaker, a communicator, and reaching and influencing the entertainment industry, and I thought to myself, well, I've always been a comedic speaker. I've always used stories. They've always gotten laughs, and that's how I would drive home points, and so, so he showed me that the hinge that will open the door that I need open in several areas is through comedy. And so stand-up comedy, Hollywood is a comedy-eating machine. Mm-hmm. Entertainment uh, the, uh, a culture is comedy-eating machines. They, we, they, are, they need fresh content every day for right. these shows. And so God started to show me, here's where you're gifted. Your gift will make room for your call. You're called to be an influence, but how I'm going to do it is through your gifting. And so that opened up that door, and I understood. And so I, I left my staff position 
position at the, at a church, making a good salary, um, and 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 I, and I had a transition season where it's like, okay, now God's called me to be an evangelist, but in the in the realm of entertainment through stand up comedy. And so what I didn't do is I didn't go into the comedy clubs and start preaching a message. I didn't I didn't have a you know, and then at the end of this, you're gonna I'm gonna trick you into giving your life to the Lord. That's not God told me what I want you to do is I want you to develop yourself to become a quality comic and so that way you'll be known by all of them even though you do it a different way your stuff's clean the content is clean but you'll be respected in the industry among the people that you work with and they'll always want you a part of their their stuff because they know you it's the principle of people don't always remember what you say they don't always remember what you do but they always remember how you make them feel so what he's got me there doing is he wants them to feel good about who it is that i express and i'm expressing his love his projection out there and so that way it changes the perspective whenever someone talks to them they they have an anti-god stance when they know the guy that literally makes things better when he's around because of the atmosphere is better it's hard to say that god brings conflict to the Mm. table that god is the one that brings love brings laughter brings hope and so that's my role in there and so then uh, over time over a couple years moved to uh los angeles california and have been uh, plugging away ever since that. That's awesome. And then you end up in... That's quite a story. It is. It is. And I know it's all been such a, a process. Oh, yeah, for sure. But but yet God has opened doors that you only began to dream about. And, and you know, one of the things that we want to come out of the, our table time here is that people will believe that God wants to use them, that he has a purpose for their life. And you shared with us in... in the meetings that as a child you were a stutterer oh yeah and so many people you know because of our natural inabilities Mm -hmm. we think to do things uh we let what somebody tells us and and i'd like for you to share that story here in a minute uh and and we kind of let that dictate to us what we think our life would be like but if we can just believe that god has a calling and that there he puts giftings inside of us then we will allow ourselves to be molded into that yeah. and, and overcome them. So share a little bit about. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I do believe I do believe that we are all gifted in different areas, and those gifts are indicators of how He wants to open. They're, they're, they're the they are like I said before the hinge that opens the doors to the greater things that we're called to do. And so you've got those two things working: a gift that is developing on the inside of you. So that's that's what uh, we've done. I think a little bit um, incorrectly in our approach um, in in church communication is over time. And, and I say that with hesitation because you can't speak on behalf of everybody. Not everyone has approached it the wrong way, but I'm just saying in general the understanding of I'm gifted and that has nothing to do. I can't use my giftings. If I'm gifted at this, if I'm a talented, uh, if I'm a talented painter, if I'm a, if I'm a skilled uh, architect, if I'm a skilled uh, plumber, if I'm what Whatever it is that you're I'm skilled, skilled at, if you're a skilled Play-Doh-er, you're, mm-hmm. you're a great at sculpting uh, from Play-Doh, yes. whatever it is that you're gifted at, we have, ca- we, have, we have kind of disassociated it with using that in God's kingdom. And the reality is, it's those things that we're gifted at that sometimes we're, they're introduced in our life um, that we have hesitation. So sometimes the greatest, the greatest uh, uh, limitations that we see in our life are actually 
meant to be the greatest strengths in our life. And that's the God factor. The God factor is I'm going to use these small wings, uh, and I refer to the bumblebee because if you look up the bumblebee, is it possible to fly? You'll find out that it's not possible for a bumblebee to fly according to all of our aviation laws. It can't be done. Its little wings will not carry its fuselage body, and the only one that doesn't know that is the bumblebee. And so the bumblebee flies anyway. We all have those little wings that we've been handed, and so everything around us, including people, will speak into the fact that you can't do this because well, that's not that's not something you should look at because this is where your limitations are. And so for me in my life, my limitation was greatly on, on communication. I, I can't speak for a living because I can't even speak to the end of the sentence when I was when I was younger. I couldn't get through it and it turned I had a fifth grade teacher, a fifth grade teacher literally tell me, I don't know what it is that you're gonna do whenever you are an older person, but you'll never be able to do anything that requires you to use your voice and to talk for a living. It was so and, hard to imagine to me. Yeah, it's well, just, I, that doesn't even like because because it just doesn't make any sense at all, like the bumblebee. Right, exactly. Because <laughs> like we bumblebee. see we mm-hmm. see people either in seasons of the bumblebee where oh well they're they're doing they're it, doing so of it, course yeah. they can do it. But I can't do it because my wings are small. They they, they can, can do, do it. it. Yeah. So we see people, and we'll even judge people. Well, they were handed this, they were that, right. that and you know, and they're, they're entitled. It's so easy yes. for them. Yes, and, yeah. and oh, we yeah. use that as excuses of why we can't do it because if they if they were born with my wings, they wouldn't be able they to do it. We have it. no idea. There, everyone's got their own story they and do. everyone's yes. got their own challenges we have no idea what they had to overcome or what they daily have to overcome while we're pointing the fingers of why they make it versus us versus we us. need to get our eyes on ourselves and say you know what i've been given wings they may not look big but in this area if it's in my heart then i'm going to do what i can to and it doesn't mean it's always going to work there may be limitations in our life where we but it's it's our job to at least exercise that muscle to see if it develops if we're underdeveloped in, a, in an area Area, then to see if it develops, if it's in my heart, to at least try, at least try to go for it, and then if it doesn't work out, then we can listen. Then we can die in peace and not have, not have to be like, I wonder what would have happened. I don't want to die like no. that. I want to. I want to know. Oh, remember when I tried that and it didn't work? I, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, also, there's times. Yeah, and also there's times when you try something that doesn't work, but it's still in your heart, and you just do it, and it becomes this gift to you. And I've always said this: it's, it's first a gift to you. Then then it's a gift through you. At first, it's something as a musician, if you play an instrument, especially we have this neighbor, um, she played, she started playing the violin in, in she was oh, in junior high. We, and, oh, we had an organ player next, next door, door to yeah. us. Yeah. It was, oh, I, well, listen, oh, I don't man. feel sorry for you guys. Organ, it sounds way better than I, <laughs> but it was horrible. I forget, I forget that I'm in the South. Yes, the fiddle. How did, yes. how did that go for you? I don't play the fiddle anymore. <laughs> oh. It was but, just the face. But when you face. start, listen, you can take face. the greatest stringed orchestra and take any one of those members out of there and listen to them. If you can reverse time, listen to them in their first six months. They oh. sounded horrible. Painful. It was not mm-hmm. a gift Painful. at that point to anyone else except for them. Yeah. And that's sometimes how it works. Sometimes we're just supposed to be exercising the muscle to develop ourselves so that way later on it can be not just a gift to us, but a gift through us. And that's what happened. When, when I started to stop stuttering, it was as a result of me technically going through this process of relearning how to talk, mm. figuring out ways and reasons that some words and some phrases would lock me up emotionally, and then it would, it would surface to this. And so, so we see those things in our lives, and 
Uh, so I want to encourage you, if that's you out there and you're, you're like, man, I, I just don't know that I could fly in this area, but I, I feel it on the inside, but I have all these limitations. I have, I have bankruptcy in my past, so how can I be successfully financial uh, in, my, in, in my business? Or I've got this, I've got divorce in my past, and how can I ever have a, a good marriage in my future or good relationship? I, I, I blew it parenting my first kid, so how could I ever be a good parent to anybody else or a good role model? How can I speak into someone's life? Uh, when my marriage failed and, and they, they, they're, they're looking for role models as how to be a good relational person, just because your wings and you, there's limitations that you've gone through, it does. those are not indicators of failure. They could be indicators of your greatest strength if you exercise the muscle. Yes. Well, and I just want to say, um, I'm sure you're all wondering what my teacher said about me when I was in school. <laughs> I was just wondering. I'm sure that you yeah. were wondering. And I, just I was my not wondering here. at all. Hey! Well, now you are. <laughs> oh, okay. Now you are. Right. Okay, please so tell us. guess what my teacher said about me when I was a You're going to be a bossy woman when you grow well, up. Well, that was part of it. They said I talked too much. <laughs> What? Oh, all the time. Really? All the time. I, I, Christy. I, my mom passed away a couple months ago, and so we were cleaning oh, out the house. And um, I found my report card. There was a little note, like, my mom had gotten my report card, and she had written a note to my teacher, my music teacher. And the music <laughs> teacher had written a note back. And I found the note, and it was ripped into about, like, six pieces. And my mom had taped it back together. Uh, so I have no memory of this, but I re- I'm looking at it going, I ripped that dang note up. And didn't give it to my mom, found it. And she taped it back together. And guess what the note said? Christy is an excellent student. She is so smart and she does so well with the classwork. If she just didn't talk so much. (laughs) (laughs) What did you play? What did you play? Well, this was a singing music class. But I played the clarinet. Yeah, see, I was going to say, stick a horn in that mouth, it'd be fixed to go. I did! And you know what? I was amazing in band! My husband would love that advice. I won awards and everything, and I won, like, a leadership award. Like, I got this leadership award when I was in high school. Maybe you should be doing something, you know. So my Olympic dreams are not dead. That's what I'm learning from this. Olympic Yeah, I mean, I could be a pole vaulter thing. A pole vaulter? No, I'm just kidding. No Olympic. That's a lie. From the pits of hell. As a kid, that some of the stuff that was said about me that was negative almost propelled me in my future because I was stubborn. Mm-hmm. And when I heard some of those things yeah. that were said about me, I was I'll like, I'll show well, you. Yeah, no, exactly. I'll show you. Yeah. Even some of the things my parents said about yeah. me. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll. Yeah. You, some people you, you like, oh, they're right. They well, said I'm that. Good yeah. doctorate. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, and. And I don't know that that's always a good thing, but I think that those words can be can drive you in several different directions. Yeah, that's Absolutely. a good point. Yeah. A good yeah. point. Some people Absolutely. just take what's yeah. given to them and be like, well, they said I'm a loser, so I'm a loser. Yeah. Right. But then there are those select few, and I, the, everyone has the potential to be this person, but so many people just take what's thrown to them, and they just digest it, and that's that, and that's the, how they're going to live the rest of their life. But then there are some, like you, that said, I'll show you. Yeah, right. Yeah. You said I can't. I'll show you how well I can, and I'll just yeah. go past it, you yeah. know. So, and Chris, I, tell oh, us a little bit about about your life and, and how you are where you are today. Well, I grew up, um, my parents divorced when I was around two, and my dad ended up in drugs and just a rough lifestyle. And, you know, I, I ended up with a stepdad that took me in, and he was super encouraging and super loving, which is something that I needed, but he was never a big thinker. And I think growing up, I was, I thought big, I had big dreams, big ambitions, and he 
and he did this out of innocence because this is the way he he grew mm-hmm. up. But those things were beat down inside of me. It's like, oh. well, you know, I wanted to be a doctor. Well, you know, that's a lot of school. You don't want to do that. You need to stay on the farm and raise these dogs because I grew up on a farm. And so maybe more of a realist. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was a realist, and mm-hmm. you know, those things got inside of me. And I think in my early teenage years, I did listen to those things, and then it got to the point of. Why, why am I listening to this? You know, I saw mm-hmm. some of the, the decisions that I made that were maybe reliving some of those tapes of some of the things that he said, some of those mm-hmm. real-life things, and then I think it opened up in me that those things, like you were saying, that those things opened up inside of me, and it's like, well, this is here for a reason, yep. and this is something that I need to pursue for a reason, and yeah. this is something that keeps coming up over and over again, even though it was tried to be extinguished in my heart, the things, these things are still opening up. So... Um, kind of now now as I sit here and look at it I can see how those things were you know and then you know since then I've been able to do lots of things but my dad is proud of me now but he just wasn't the same kind of thinker he didn't know what God put in my heart necessarily so as a father now one of the things that I really strive to do is my kids have dreams let's do it you know let's let's make it happen so you know because that because even those little hearts, God's putting things inside there. So, you know, that I can use the pain that I had as a kid that, you know, was turned around to not do those things to to my kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good and so true because parents' words are so powerful Mm -hmm. because those are the role models around and and the grandparents, Mm -hmm. which had a really big influence in your life. Yeah. uh, and, and you're so right, and it, it's so good to have Dad sitting at the table, you know, here tonight, and, and your perspective, and, and I, I love, you know, we've been talking a lot about mindset you have, and, and, and I want, and I know that you all want our listeners to get a mindset that says that I can do more than what I'm doing in my life yes, right now. absolutely. That yes. there is no end to possibilities of mm-hmm. what I can do because I'm a creation of God no matter where I come from. Yeah. And like you said well ago, God's children, you know, and and he puts dreams in our hearts mm-hmm. as a child. And one of the things that I remember a, as a little girl, my father uh, encouraged, he knew sometimes by maybe what someone else said about me uh, because there were words that were spoken over me by people outside that would say what Mm -hmm. they saw in my future Mm -hmm. and my dad would encourage me with that he saw in my future that I would go much farther than what I could believe God for yeah and I remember you know uh, uh, some lady writing a letter to my father about me and what she believed and my dad wanted me to remember that for years and but as I was growing up because of a lot of negative things that were happening in my life I forgot all that but when I look back Mm. I realized you know how important those words were and I remember a sixth grade teacher that I loved so much because she believed in me and believed in my, I love to read, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I just loved books, and I always wanted to write. I, I really <laughs> did, but yet, you know, my writing was small in my thinking, 
but yet I lo had a love for books, and I was my favorite teacher, very favorite teacher in the world, Mrs. Rayfield, sixth grade. I got my only punishment that I remember in school from her. I got a spanking <laughs> from her. Wait a second. I got paddling. Back then, you got oh paddled. It was a thing. You did? I got paddled in the I'm sixth grade. I'm not alone! <laughs> and the and you know what I got paddled for? Homeschooled. You got homeschooled. Yeah, well, I did my kids too. I homeschooled them, so yes. But honestly, I look back, and the reason because I had such a love for books, she introduced me, really introduced me to reading, and the love for it. And uh, but I wanted to read in class, and I'd hide my books. You know, and tried so she and so I was sneaky, That's and I deceptive. got caught. It, I was deceptive, and I paid Gosh. for it too. Because I got embarrassed because I disappointed her. That's what I thought, you know. Yeah. And, but I look back. Boy, for all the things to get in trouble for, you know. Right. Reading. I know. You are retaining too but much. I, guess, what I got, guess what I got paddling for? Well, had to be your mouth. Yep. <laughs> Talking too much. It's just crazy to see, though, but those seeds were planted on the inside of you. Yeah. And those yes. are seeds that may have not grown for a while, but mm -hmm. they were there when they started to grow. And it's even a story that you told about the professor that you had or the high school teacher that you had. English the Bob. Yeah. That planted Bob. seeds inside of you, and sure. those ended up yeah. it changed my. It changed the. It, yeah. it changed the whole trajectory of, of my life. Literally, it, that was the year that I I started to become a communicator. That would set the course for the rest of my life, mm. um, it, because of the encouraging words and someone else believing. And people don't realize the power they have. Oh, no. I mean, yeah. teachers and pastors and youth leaders. We don't always realize the power that we have, in speaking into children's lives. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like. How many years later are you still telling that story about mm -hmm. Mr. Bob? Now, do you think Mr. Bob's going around telling the story about what I did right. for Elias in no. school? No. no. But and he does. He's how many people has he influenced? Really. No. no. Yeah, because I'm not it's telling him. So. He is actually yeah. someone. Someone yeah. contacted me yeah. and said I found Mr. Bob. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still. He's, yeah. he's still. How many people? How many lives he's touched because he touched your life? Yes, yeah. absolutely. I, mean, that's, I love you know? Mr. Holland. Hey, and I want to interject this thought too because um, someone listening could be in the position where it's just like, man, I, I, it's, it's too hard. Like I don't. It's too hard for me at this point to start uh, start trying and all. Uh, he here's what I encourage you with. It's going to be hard no matter what direction you go. You're, it's going to be work. Your life is going to be filled with work, filled with effort, no matter what direction you go. Wouldn't you prefer that that work go toward the bettering and the fulfillment of what's in your heart, yeah. and and so it, rather than just getting to the end of your life and saying I never even tried? And I, wish and I, I think had. yeah, and I think that's where a lot of people are. They're just like I'm so far from it used to be in my heart. It used to be a thing that I would think about, but it's so far. Let me tell you something. Listen, if you're in your 80s right now and you always wanted to play a guitar, go to the yes. guitar store and oh, buy a guitar. Yes. Just yeah. go do it. Just go do it. Yes. If you if you Whatever it is that's in your heart, um, just try it. Just have a season, of, and it could be like you're you're in the position where you're like, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know. I don't have clarity of what. I don't have a vision. I don't have a purpose. I don't have a destiny. I always encourage people go do something, something different. Take a different route home than you usually take. Do something different yes. that breaks you from your pattern because vision comes through exposure. You can't have a vision for something until you're exposed to different mm -hmm. things. And when you're exposed to different things, then you're like, I never knew that I liked this. Yeah. I never knew that I liked the big city because I always just stayed in my mm -hmm. zone. Mm -hmm. 
and they were I always heard people complain about the big city but turns out you know there's a guy named Elijah and there's a guy named Elisha in the Bible Elisha followed Elijah doing things his way until Elijah left when Elijah left Elisha always had to be in the country and in the wilderness with Elijah the moment Elijah left Elisha moved to the city there's Hmm. things that you follow because it's always been done and your leaders have done it a certain way but it could be that you need to take up your mantle and do things that have been inside of you and yes. and and just try it and then you'll you'll find other things that grow in you and as they grow in you just go for it life is too short yeah. to is. not go for it yes it for you know we can't live life to the full until we try yeah I mean, we have to make efforts or we get the same thing every day that we don't like That's unless it. we try yes. to make a difference. I had yeah. this conversation with someone today um, and just talking about change is hard. Change is, you know, like I I, I'm afraid, I, you know, I hate change. Change is hard. And I said, are you telling me it's easier to be disobedient to God and what he's oh, called ouch. you to do? Because I would think being obedient, if God wants you to change, it's going to be more fulfilling and easier in the long run than disobedience to not change because you're afraid or, um, you know, just fearful of of doing it. Yes. Yes, because, I mean, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, you know, everything that's been said, I'm the elder person in this I know, I wasn't going to tell your age, but... Is it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really am. and stretched and... I know, so stretched and... But think if I hadn't thought outside the norm... Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have the opportunity. I mean, who gets to go and stand in front of a group of women in a dark country, mm-hmm. a third world country, and with barely lights and no windows, and you get to just share your heart because they're women just like I am. Right. right. And who gets to do that? Who gets to make go it's all these places that I've gotten to go when it would just be easier to do what's comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. and think about, like, you were talking about your love for reading, and as a little girl, I'd like yeah. to write a book, but your thinking was small. You just published a book. Mm-hmm. Has it even been a year? It has been right a year. So right, right a year, year. Yeah. you published mm-hmm. a book. Yeah. Now, beyond publishing a book and being an author, you Miracle just... Miracle of the Breaking. Okay, Miracle of the Breaking, thank you. Find it on Amazon. You yeah. just had it translated into Burmese. Wow. Yes. 1,500 yeah. copies and for an upcoming ladies' yeah, conference to give books free. And not, and the money for that came from a beautiful woman who came yes. to the ladies' conference and just donated randomly some beautiful woman who yes. donated thousands mm-hmm. of dollars. Yes. Thousands and yes. thousands of dollars for yes. the mission yes. of book distribution yeah. and translation yes. to touch people's lives. And yeah. we've had it, you know, it's Georgian the in the Georgian language, which yeah. is very co- close to Russian language, but it's Georgian language. And you and, distributed and it And we've already. distributed over 2,500 free copies wow. that we've given away. In the away. Republic of Georgia. In the Republic of Georgia. Mm-hmm. And we have it translated now in Spanish yeah. and in Burmese. And, wow. uh so plan to do it in from French. From a little really, girl and, that God planted a seed yeah, in just a little a girl's seed. heart yeah. that I like to read. I yeah. like books, and yeah. maybe yeah. I would want to write someday. And you mm-hmm. finally embraced that you had a story to write, yeah. and God led you in that exact That's moment. That's been part of your your story, even my whole life, because I'm her favorite child. For I those of you who haven't kept up, um, but 
even as a little girl, I remember my mom, and I don't remember a lot from my childhood, but I remember my mom saying, someday I'm going to write a book. And I can remember that so clearly. Out of all the jumbled things that I do and don't remember, I always knew that someday my mom's going to write a book. Never occurred to me what it would be like. It didn't matter. Mom was going to write a book. I didn't know what it would be either. Definitely didn't. Someday mom's going to write a book. Well... Here it is, yeah. someday. And you know, yeah. the other thing, too, we talked about the people who won't who will point out the, the limitations and mm-hmm. point out the small wings, but there's also a, a spiritual factor that comes into play whenever we say, I, you know what, I'm going for it, I'm just going to do this, that the Bible says to make the vision plain, write it upon the walls, write it upon, and so those that see it can mm-hmm. run with it. Run with there it, will be yes. people in our path, if we choose to start going public with who it is that we want to be, what what it is we want to accomplish. Not everyone's going to be behind it, but there will be people like this this uh, lady that came to the yes. thing that will contribute toward it because the runners will run if the vision is made plain. But if they don't see a vision, they're not going to run with it. Yes. They're not going to. And and then I speak this, you know, is is the people who are resisting change, who say, uh, you know, it's just too hard. I don't, I don't, I don't like change. Change is going to happen anyway. There's no one in this room or no one listening that can look at a picture of you five years ago and you're like, oh, well, nothing's changed. That's just hateful what you do. Well, it's it's true. (laughs) Though we have those up on our profile (laughs) pictures, it doesn't mean we still look like that. (laughs) So change is going to happen. We have to determine when the change happens, is it in the direction we want it to go or Mm -hmm. not? And that's our personal decision. Uh, but because us to say, well, change, I, I resist change. Well, that doesn't stop change. Change is right. still happening. Change is going to happen. Yeah. And I want to interject just really, really quick. I know we need to wrap this up, but um, I, I just feel like there's some people who will say, well, I didn't have, I didn't have a daddy who spoke into my life well, or um, I don't, I don't have, I didn't have a teacher who inspired mm-hmm. me, who helped my speech. I didn't have, sure. I didn't have the ability to go to school. I didn't have this. I didn't have that. We all have a heritage. I happen to have a beautiful heritage through my grandfather and my mother. and, and But there's also part of my past that I refuse to relive. I refuse to give life to. I refuse to, to uh, water that ground. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to water those mm-hmm. seeds. So it doesn't matter if you have this beautiful background you know, story where either you started off somewhere terrible and then someone spoke into your life or whatever. Sometimes you got to speak into your own life. Yes. Get your head in the word. Yep. Find the word that speaks to you because maybe you're in that desert moment right now and I don't you don't have anything you don't have a good heritage you don't have uh, someone to uh, mentor you or whatever you don't have a tribe we have a great tribe here but but there's still a plan for you there is still yes. there is still yeah. a calling there's still yes. something that's that God called just you to do just for you and so it doesn't matter what your history is how great it was or how terrible it was Mm -hmm. god has a plan for you and so i don't want you to you can't find an excuse in i don't have the proper things lined up or no one spoke into my life speak into your own life let god speak into your heart yeah i just want to throw that yes so good amen well it's been a delight yeah to have you yeah i I mean it's it's just it's been awesome and i know that the listeners are going to love it awesome and i and we want you to look up elias 
Elijah Tyndall? Yeah, El- Elias Israel, Elijah Tyndall. The two, two, two different brands, the same name. My, my real name's Elias Israel Tyndall. And so for entertainment stuff, I go by Elias Israel. So Elias Israel Comedy is what you can find me under mm-hmm. uh, in anything entertainment-wise. And then Elijah Tyndall is uh, is just a, the other name I've always went by. Yeah, and you are on Comedy Central? Yeah, I've been on, uh, been on a few things. Been on a few yeah. things. So look him up and find out about him. He is an awesome brother in the Lord. He's an awesome uh, friend. Yes. And uh, very inspiring. Very, Follow him on social uh, media. Yes, he yes, will, yes. He'll turn your, he'll speak your, into your crappy life. day into something great because he's <laughs> hilarious and he's inspirational. And I appreciate I feel like we're buddies because I watch you yes. on Facebook all the time. All right. Good. So yeah. We're good, friends. Good, good. We're friends. <laughs> I can show you lists of people and messages that people that do not consider me buddies <laughs> for the same messages well, I post. <laughs> and, and on that note, we have to say, you know, you have to be willing. You have to put yourself out yes. there in the sense of if you're going going to be the person that takes the God-given talents, that takes what God has given you, and you're going to put it forth. Not everyone is going to love you, right. and no, you I'm have to be embrace. okay with you're that. Everybody's yeah. favorite that, that You have to be okay that not everyone Absolutely. is going to celebrate you, yeah. Yeah. but you pay no attention to those, and you surround yourself with people that yep. do believe that God has a purpose for you. If yes. not, until then, encourage yourself in the Lord. Yep. Yes. Uh, say what the Word of God. If you don't want the Word of God says about you, then I suggest that you get a scripture that uh, that speaks to you. Get into the, the Bible. Open it up. Start with John 3.16 if you can't do anything else. Mm-hmm. Because God so loved the world that he gave. He loved us so much that he gave all over this world yeah. for everyone, his only begotten son, Absolutely. and that's you. Yes. And so, uh, Elias, would you pray over this sure. this podcast and the listeners out there before we wrap this up? Sure. Father God, we just thank you for this time that we've had together. Lord, I just speak into the lives of the listeners right now. And I know that there's some people listening that uh, they're in different categories. Some are listening that are saying, I, I don't I don't have anything on the inside of me that comes to my, my mind. And, and I feel empty because when they talk about purpose, when they talk about the going and going for something and being an influence and all this stuff, there's nothing that I see inside of me. And Lord, I thank you that you've given those people the word uh, to, to go expose themselves to new things. And, and so that way, as they do that and they get in new arenas, new thoughts come into their mind and new things come into their spirit. And Holy Spirit, you're faithful to lead us, guide us, and direct us into your path, into the path for our life. And then there's the other category that would say, I have some things, but man, I've been afraid to try it or it's too late to try it. God, you've inspired us through your words today to go for it, to try it. Don't wait any longer, Father. We thank you, God, that you are faithful to us. You are faithful. You're faithful to us because you're faithful to your word. And your word speaks to us. It speaks life to us, God. And so send your word and bring life to every listener. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, thank you, friends, for joining us at the table with Darlene. And may you be blessed until we meet again next time. Hi, this is Christy with At the Table with Darlene. We hope you were able to glean from our table today as we shared our hearts and thoughts. We would like to invite you to take some time to check out our website and get a closer look at what Darlene is doing. You can find out information about her book, The Miracle of the Breaking, see what upcoming events she has planned, and consider being a partner with Women Around the World Ministries at womenaroundtheworldministries.org.